Hi, so I'm here to talk about the Sunrise program. It is not as well known as ABA or Applied Behavioral Analysis as a treatment for autism. I attended the startup program. It was five days in Massachusetts uh, back in 2015, I think. And in 2017, I was invited by the Autism Society of the Philippines to give a talk about how Sunrise helped me and my family uh, on our, with our journey with autism. So let me just read to you the speech that I gave back in August of 2017. Joaquin's developmental milestones were fine during infancy. He was basically happy, healthy, and sociable until age one, when we noticed the beginnings of social withdrawal. He stopped looking when his name was called and stopped paying attention to his baby brother, who was previously a fascination to him. He became fixated with Sesame Street episodes and the movie Despicable Me, Sometimes there would be a scene in the movie or an episode in the series that he kept, he would keep watching over and over. We thought maybe he had too much screen time, so we decreased it, but his lack of meaningful speech also worried us. He didn't say mommy or daddy, but he was able to master and verbalize the numbers and the entire alphabet on his own just by watching Sesame Street. So we figured maybe he's just delayed like some boys are which is which is a usual thing that you would hear from friends and relatives when you're when you're going through this this problem at first now what i'm about to share with you is is uh, is painful but when he was about a year and a half we discovered that he was being physically abused by his nanny of four months and it usually occurred during meal time when he would refuse to eat food uh, you can just imagine how very dark this period was for, for me and my family. Um, with the nanny gone, he refused to eat any food that he associated with pain, which was everything but his milk and his snacks. Uh, during this time, he became even more socially withdrawn and prone to tantrums. And we just attributed this to some kind of psychological and emotional trauma to what happened. A few months later, just before he turned two, he started showing sensory dysregulation by going into meltdowns in public places like children's parties and restaurants. Sometimes he would cover his ears and scream until we took, until we took him outside. Suddenly, he couldn't tolerate being on the swing or the rocker. He seemed uninterested in, in, and even scared of playing with other kids. He wouldn't pay attention when people tried to interact with him, and he had episodes of staring off into space for long periods of time. He played with his toys by jumbling them up together in his hands for no apparent purpose. He would hold objects away from his face and slowly bring them back to his line of vision, as if he was playing with his peripheral vision. 
On his second birthday, the entire family was taken by surprise when he went into a full-blown meltdown after everyone just sang him a happy birthday. So he scheduled an appointment with the developmental pediatrician, which took a while. And while waiting for that appointment, we enrolled him in a play school at two and a half years old, hoping his behavior might improve and he would learn to socialize, at least with other kids his age. But he stayed away from the other kids and he would just usually sit alone in a corner with a basket of crayons, which nobody was allowed to touch. He roamed around the classroom, he wouldn't join the activities, his communication skills failed to develop, he started lining up toys and would throw tantrums when everyone tried to interfere or play with him. Being a physician myself and being familiar with, this, with the signs, with the, with the red flags, I suspected a diagnosis of autism, but I was in denial. I was praying I was wrong. When we finally saw the dev ped, Joaquin was given a working diagnosis of Global Developmental Delay, or GDD. She, the doctor said it was still too early to tell if it, was a ta- uh, if it was autism and we should give him time to catch up because he might just be delayed. We were a little relieved then, but nevertheless, we started him on occupational therapy aside from continuing his first year in play school. But at three years of age, his communication and social skills were still very much of a 10-month-old. And in school, his behavior remained the same. So periodically through the years, we saw the DevPed awaiting a final diagnosis. During this time, we fought as hard as we could against the possible diagnosis of autism. As if we could reverse it if it was already there. We just wanted him to behave like a neurotypical child. We, we did everything the therapists told us to do at home, like the massage and the sensory integration techniques. Whenever he would line up his toys, we would destroy these orderly works of art. We pulled his hands down when he started playing with his peripheral vision. We did tabletop activities and obstacle courses at home, and, and he had to accomplish these even if he goes into a meltdown, even if it takes forever to finish. We decided to pull him out of school to focus on therapy for maybe around nine months because we felt that school wasn't giving him any sort of benefit. He was still that lonely little boy in the corner with his basket of crayons. The next year and a half crept by in a haze of occupational and eventually speech therapy sessions. His vocabulary grew to about 50, 80 words, all nouns, which he used to identify objects and pictures we show him, but he didn't use these words to communicate. The only barely meaningful thing he could communicate to us was give milk. Otherwise, if he wanted or didn't want something, he would just throw a tantrum. At age four, because of his atypical behaviors and limited progress in speech and social development, he was finally diagnosed with autism. The anticipation of that diagnosis for two years didn't soften the blow. We were devastated. They said he'll never 
form any meaningful relationships. He'll be dependent on us for everything until adulthood and that therapy will only give him limited progress with communication and social skills. It felt like all our dreams for my son were cruelly torn apart and trampled on and it was so unfair that this innocent boy hasn't even done anything to deserve it and he didn't even know any better. But we fought on. We learned all we could about autism and prioritized his therapies. We bu- we bought all the therapeutic toys and materials we could find and afford. He was improving slowly in terms of speech and sensory integration, but not much with social skills. But what struck me that time was this. My son wasn't happy. For a four-year-old, he was always really, really angry, if not terribly sad. He looked at others with suspicion, prepared to throw a fit as if that would protect him from whatever it was that he couldn't take. My son was a sad, miserable little boy, and it broke my heart to pieces. I knew something was missing, something crucial, and I didn't know what it was. I consulted his therapist and asked what else we can do as parents. Is there any program we can do at home to maximize his progress and potential? The therapist mentioned a couple of programs, one of which was the Sunrise Method. So I did research. I I watched the YouTube videos. I read the testimonials and the evidence-based journals and the book by Ron Kaufman, Autism Breakthrough, which explains the principles and practice of the Sunrise Program. Finally, I decided to try the method on Joaquin. I remember that afternoon, clear as day. We were at home. He was sitting on the floor in his own world as usual. He was lining up his matchbox cars. I sat down a few feet away from him. I got some cars from the pile on the floor, lined them up, and in a few minutes i got sincerely caught up in the beauty of creating order from that chaotic pile when i looked up he was looking at me with unmistakable eye contact and an expression that showed amazement and pure joy it was as if he was saying finally mommy you understand it was the first time in two years that my son looked at me that way I cried on the spot. One month later, I was on a plane to Massachusetts to attend the Sunrise Startup Program. I had no idea that I was on my way to a life-transforming journey for my son and my family. The program made me realize that all I ever had to put in mind above all else was that I love my child and I want my child to be happy. I wanted him to like being with others and to like the activities that others enjoyed. I wanted him to show interest, love, and affection to people around him. I wanted him to be spontaneous and adventurous and excited to explore his environment, to try new things and to meet new people. I didn't want him to do all these things because we asked him to, trained him to, or forced him to. I never wanted to raise a robot. I wanted to raise a happy, loving, sociable child. And the only way I was going to do that is by understanding him and by joining him in his world first. 
I learned that if my child senses that he is accepted and loved for all that he is, he will realize that to the people around him, it doesn't matter if he climbs out of his safe little world or not. We will love him just the same. And it's true, we would. And amazingly, that knowledge and assurance will inspire him and give him the courage to join us in our world. He needs to trust that the person inviting him to experience that world is someone who will not pressure him, pull him down, punish, or leave him when he finds that he just can't quite handle it yet. I realize that if I love my child unconditionally, I will not force him to be neurotypical or normal because that's not him. If he were any different, he wouldn't be my Joaquin. I need to accept him exactly for who he is, autism and all. I always thought accepting his autism would be impossible. But if it comes from something as pure as love, surprisingly, it comes easily. So I flew back home a different person, a different parent, and I'd like to think a better mom. I went home full of hope and faith in my son. Instead of fighting autism like we did for the past two years, we embraced it in all its glory. We joined, we laughed, we cried, and most of all, we loved. The atmosphere at home immediately changed to a positive and joyful one. Within one week, Joaquin's eye contact improved from almost non-existent to having a joint attention span of at least 10 to 15 minutes. He started noticing his younger brother and other people. He started becoming curious about toys and activities outside his fixed interests. He smiled and he laughed more. He became more affectionate and would, spon- would spontaneously hug or kiss us. Instead of pushing us away, he pulled us to come play with him. And he started trying new things. But best of all, my son was happy. And so we all were. Half a year after attending the Sunrise Startup Program, I found an inclusive preschool owned and directed by another Sunrise mom who encouraged the practice of the method in the classroom. That proved to me that the universe indeed conspires to give you exactly what you need if you just pray really, really hard for it. Today, some of Joaquin's challenges remain, but he is a work in progress. He still has his fixed interests, which we respect, but is easily steered to something else when we want to introduce him to new things. He's not yet that conversant, but now spontaneously communicates his needs and wants without prompting, and so tantrums have significantly decreased in frequency and meltdowns have gone down to almost zero. Despite his challenges with communication, he never fails to show affection to others. He likes singing songs he learned in school, and he does the actions while singing them. He likes coloring, tracing, practicing his letters, and reading his books. He likes tickle parties, rough play, cuddling, and being sung to sleep. He learned how to swim, and he loves the deep end of the pool. 
He learned to ride a scooter on his own and is now learning to ride a tricycle. He's a climber and he loves the outdoors and he cannot get enough of the swing. He's the only student in his class with autism, but he's thriving in the classroom and inspiring everyone around him. The boy you will see today is a far cry from the completely dependent, hopeless, disabled boy they predicted he would be and the angry, sad little boy with a basket of crayons that I once knew. So, I hope that this podcast inspired you and showed you that even your child can be the happiest he could ever be, not despite of of his autism, but because of it. Autism and Sunrise taught us that genuine acceptance and unconditional love can give rise to miracles. Our hearts are full, and if given a chance to change anything, I don't think we would. I truly hope this inspires you, the same way that other Sunrise families continue to inspire us today.